Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. chance briefly to meet some of you, and so glad you're in the house of the Lord today. Amen. While we're standing, we'll go to the word of the Lord, the book of John chapter 15. I want to say, and I'll say more during the message, we love so much the Keys family, and uh, we do go back a long way. That was 43 years ago, 40, yep, almost 43 years ago when I was still driving the, the Volkswagen. Let me see. Uh, sold the Volkswagen. The Volkswagen paid for our wedding. That was before the days when now some of the pastors are requiring their young men to have like $10,000. I would have I never got married. I'd still be 40. I'd be 40. Uh, she would have married somebody else by now. Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, driving a Volkswagen and, and uh, they are longtime friends and we love, we love the Keys family. We love Brother Keys, Sister Keys, and uh, Nicole, or Colleen, I said Nicole, Colleen, and I don't know if I've met your husband or not yet, but I'm so glad that they are in the ministry, and Colleen is just a very brilliant, uh, spiritual young lady, and just so glad they're out there, man, out there doing the work of God, Brother CJ and Sarah, and uh, just have a lot of kids, bring grandkids to, to pastor. And all the, the ministry here, the um, never take you for granted, the leaders in the church, those of you that have been faithful, the faithful saints, and all of you that love uh, this church, we love the Lord. And this is a family. This is a family that we are a part of. And it's a worldwide family. Let me assure you, reassure you that this church uh, is spread around the world. And uh, some people, they say, where are you from? One of the brothers asked me, where are you from? I said, hmm, let me see. Because an evangelist, you know, we were, uh, uh, okay, you're on your feet. So let me just, uh, anyway, we were at a laundromat many years ago. We were evangelizing. And some kids, she asked my daughter, she said, so where do you live? My daughter said, we live in a trailer. She said, no, but where do you live? She said, wherever our trailer is, is where we live. The girl looked at her and said, don't you live in a city? Only where our trailer's at. The girl thought for a while, and she told my daughter, she says, are you guys gypsies? And uh, my daughter came to my, my wife and said, Mom, are we gypsies? And my wife said, no, you we're not gypsies. But I would have told her, yes, we're kind of like gypsies, you know. So anyway, greetings from wherever. We're from California and uh, based out of Arizona. My son now pastors in Yuma, and uh, so we kind of hover around there when we can, and uh, anyway, so uh, let's go to the word of the Lord, and we'll talk more about some of those things. John chapter 15, and verse number 13. 
John chapter 15 and verse number 13. These are the words of Jesus Christ. He said, did I say John 15, 13? John 15, yes. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for servants know not what his Lord, a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father. Uh, I have made known uh, unto you. He said, I call you my friends. And then the book of James, chapter number two. And verse number 23, I was praying this morning. I already had notes developed, developing, <laughs> uh, praying last night. The first scripture I opened up this morning, just opened this up, looked at my Bible, and this is what it came to. James chapter number two and verse number 23. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. God wants to be your friend today. Today is Friends and Family Sunday. And I want to title this, Your Best Friends. So I'm going to talk about several things. And let me say, this church wants to be part, we want to be, we want to be your friends. That doesn't mean, you know, that we, you know, accept everything out of the world and all of that. We don't, certainly don't condemn you, but, but, uh, uh, but we love you and the church wants to be your friend. God wants to be your friend. God wants to give you the Holy Ghost. And um, so we'll talk about that. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we ask you to speak to our hearts. Lord, I need your help. I want to be your mouthpiece. Help me to preach under your anointing. Help us to receive your word. Bless this church, we pray. Everyone here, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to welcome also, you can be seated. I want to welcome also any uh, guests that are here for the first time and uh, all of you that are family along with this church. This is a wonderful church. I think about the Keys family, I think about longtime friends, friendliness, and of course, uh, as Pastor mentioned, I think the first time we became acquainted was uh, when we were both teenagers at a youth camp in uh, 1977. I was 15, almost 16, and Pastor was probably still 15, about the same age. We're almost, I'm a little bit, I think, uh, almost a year older than Pastor, and uh, there we met. And uh, at the time, I was attending the church in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, so we were young people from Arizona, and we had a great time, a powerful, powerful move of God. And uh, through the years, had a chance to meet uh, his family. And a lot of his family actually shares roots uh, in Fresno, where I was initially converted and ended up spending a lot of my growing up years in the church. Uh, and so we, sent, we uh, share a lot of roots, and then... Uh, his father, of course, uh, uh, was here pastoring, and so uh, we just appreciate our friendship through through the years. And Sister Keys, a fellow Californian, don't hold that against us and her, but we all have been converted. We are, I don't know what we are, uh, we're, we're California Arizonans, I guess. So, so uh, we are, we represent what California used to be, I don't know. But anyway, a lot of good folks from California, we love, we love, uh, we love Arizona. And, uh, but we just love these folks. One person said, so my message to today is your best friends, your best friends. One person said, 
that if at the end of your life you can count on one hand a number of best friends, you will have done well. And I'm very thankful. I was thinking today, just, I don't know, by coincidence or the plan of God, I can count on one hand, but fill that hand up. My best friends, many of them are in the ministry. Brother O'Brien, Brother Keys, Brother Greg Wilkins, and, uh, and there's others that we have known each other uh, since our youth. I prayed through at 15 years old, and God gave me some lifelong friends. And then, of course, I have uh, my wife, who's been uh, a precious friend. Let me just encourage you young people, too, uh, that when you get to the proper age, and uh, young men, we need to be working, and uh, we need to know how to pay the bills before we are serious about girlfriends. And uh, young ladies, you need a young man that is mature, that knows how to get along, not someone that's selfish. You don't want to marry someone that's going to leave you. You want to marry someone that's going to take care of you. We still believe that the man not only should be the head of the home, but he needs to provide for those that are his. And there are things that can happen and all, you know, all sorts of things. But we need to, we need to look for young, young people that are in the church and that have been faithful to God. Because we want to we wanna have a good family. You want to raise your children and stay in church and things happen and so on. And, and uh, uh, you know, this church, we, we, we have compassion on, 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 on situations and so on. But it is the best plan if you can get married, stay married to the same person. And those kids can be raised in the same environment. That's the optimal, the optimal uh, thing that could happen. And so you want someone that's able to make a decision and stick to it for the rest of their life. They don't just go out and get drunk and go out and mess up their life. They don't just go out and destroy them every time things get bad. No, they learn to stick with their family. And uh, so this is uh, friends and family. And, and so the marriage, uh, I didn't have this, don't have this in my notes, but the marriage marriage a husband and a wife and I I thank God for sister Keys. this is her birthday today and I think I know how old she is but I'm not gonna say she's still 24 hallelujah what a precious uh and pastor coming over and say my beautiful wife you know what I feel that same way about my wife let me tell you something this is a uh, I'm just I just felt this to say this today I am so glad for the difference between a man and a woman in the beginning, God made Adam and Eve. Jesus said that he, you know, put them together and they became husband and wife. And uh, one man said it was Adam and Eve and it wasn't, Ad, never, it was never Adam and Steve. And uh, anyway, now I'm not going to get into my academic mode and all these stats, but I'll just tell you those relationships don't work. According to all the statistics, they don't work. Emotionally, they don't work. God made something beautiful in marriage. It's a beautiful thing. The beautiful tenderness and creativity and beauty and, yes, intelligence and all that a woman has to offer a family, to create a home and to nurture those children. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. This is not Mother's Day. Well, it sounds like I'm talking about Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, but anyway... Uh, and then the husband, you know, he has to get out there, he has to work, and it's hard for him, but yes, he does need to love his family. And uh, we need to be tough, but we need to also treat our family with kindness. We don't come and just knock them all around, for God forbid. You're not ready to get married if you're still fighting with everybody. You can't get along with people. You're not ready to get married. And uh, so, I don't know if this is for somebody here today, but 
but thank God for husband and wife. And wow, that's, uh, I guess that is part of it. Your wife is, you, you need to be friends with your spouses. So this is not, not in my notes, but uh, your wife, you need to try to get along. And uh, you are different from your wife. Your wife is different from you. And uh, they sell a book called Everything a Man Needs to Know About a Woman. They sell this book. It's a great book. You ever bought it? You ever seen it? And uh, you buy this book, and it's got a beautiful cover, and then you open it up, and it's all blank pages. Everything, no, a man, everything, a man, has, what's the title? Everything a man can understand about a woman. And you open it up, it's all, yeah, they're made different. They're made different. But you ought to thank God for that. And uh, you need to be nice to your wife. Learn to be nice to your wife. My wife says, amen, amen, but, but it doesn't come, sometimes it doesn't come natural for us. Uh, well, it, it should kind of come natural, but it depends. If you, were, if you were raised in a rough environment, and that's what we have today. We have an environment where over the half of the children are raised in homes, single-parent homes. And so they are not modeled. They're not modeled being respectful and being kind. And what are they seeing on the television and the movies? They're seeing violence. They're seeing crazy situations. Everybody's making fun of everybody else. Everybody's picking at everybody else. And women are made as objects. And I'm going to say this. Women are not respected in our world. And now it's coming to where even the 10 and 12 and 13-year-old girls, they're dressing them ungodly. They're they're, they're pushed into this. And I'm going to tell you, it's an ungodly world that we're living in. Our girls need to be precious. They need to be... Uh, respected and honored. And let me tell you, young, I don't know, I can't see many here today, but that boy, you start liking that boy, you don't owe him anything. You don't owe him anything. You don't owe him a kiss. You don't owe him a hug. And I'm getting kind of, you know, I mean, whatever your rules are about being engaged. But anyway, it, it, it can go, f- anyway, but anyway, you don't owe him anything. In this world, you know, it's different. But in the church, our ladies, we want them, our young ladies, we want them to be pure and to be godly. If you don't respect them when they're young ladies, you won't probably respect them when they're, you know, when they're older. So anyway, thank God for our ladies. Praise the Lord. Your favorite, your best friends, your best friends. And so I'm so glad for good friends. We are known by the friends that we keep. So who are your best friends? Birds of a feather flock together. I remember I was raised mostly in Arizona, mostly in California until I was about eight or nine. We moved to Tucson, Arizona, and I was there for five years. Then back to my dad's house. My mom and dad were divorced all my life. And uh, back in San Francisco, you know, city kids get into trouble. City kids get in trouble. So my friends, my friends, we went downtown and we did things and we uh, borrowed things that we were never going to return. And we uh, uh, we blew up things, and we dropped slugs on cars from overpasses, and we, you know, uh, we did all kinds of stuff. And my friends, yes, friends can be a bad influence. And uh, came back to Arizona, and uh, my friendships began to, I got in trouble with the law right off the bat, 11 years old. And then I reformed, and I got some better friends. And, but after a while, uh, 15 years old, I, my, my friend, I'm not going to blame everything on my friends, but there were friends that were growing marijuana, and there were friends that were doing all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, let me just tell you, your friends can bring you down. Who is your best friend? In the Bible, it talks about friends. The Bible talks about 
uh, uh, Amnon had a friend. We know this story. Amnon had a friend, Jonadab, and, and uh, we're not going to go into the story, but uh, his friend, Amnon, was, was wrong in his heart. He, he had, a, he had a, a wrong spirit on him, and his friend said, just go ahead and make a way, give in to it. And it ended up causing the death of two brothers and threatening the kingdom of Israel because of a bad, bad friend. And I, I don't want to have a friend. I, I was a young person, again, 15 years old, and prayed through, and God delivered me from rock music, and God delivered me from so many things of the world. But I had some good friends that, that were in the church, and, and they, they, they could have been bad influences. And I said, I'm not listening to that music anymore. I'm not going to do that just because you're my friend. I'm not going to go out and do this with some of the young people because even though I'm your, I'm your friend, I, I'm not that much your friend that, you're gonna, that I, I'm going to let you influence me and, and get wrong with God and end up possibly going to hell. I'm not that much your friend. I'm going to sit here in this car while you're trying to drive 130 miles an hour. I'm not that much your friend. I remember one time these guys were driving through the, well, I kind of liked it. At, at first, we were driving through an orchard really fast, and then the car started moving around. And I started, hey, 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 you need to slow down. We need to slow down. Friends have caused many young people to die at a young age. Who are your friends? Do your friends have some common sense? Well, my friend said, you know, let's do this. And then you end up in some kind of crazy situation because of friends. Who are your best friends? All right, well, let me... Uh, let's see, I'm gonna, I got a choice here which, which way to go. Okay, we'll just right, get right into it. Number one, your friend, your friend. Jesus said that a friend will die for you. How many have seen photos of a, of a dog that was at a grave just somehow he sensed? I don't know, that he was, he was there and there's been dogs that have actually died of starvation because they would not move from the grave of their master. Or dogs that have stayed at a site where there was a wreck where their master was hurt, their master went to the hospital. And, and, and so they, they say that, that a dog can be man's best friend, so loyal. But Jesus said, I, he said, that greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. Our best friend, of course, is Jesus. And Jesus cares about you. If you, if you want to have the best friend in your life, you need to have Jesus in your life. I made up my mind on the way over here. We've got to mention, and I pray that someone here would be seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but Jesus Christ said, uh, he said, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go away, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. I'm going to give you a friend. I'm going to send the comforter, the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you want to have a best friend, you need to get the Holy Ghost in your heart. It will strengthen you. It will encourage you. It will give you company. It will never leave you. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but you need the best friend of the Holy Ghost in your life in order to be saved we're a Pentecostal church in order to be saved everyone according to the book of Acts and many other scriptures everyone needs to repent and be baptized turn around tell God you're sorry ask God to forgive you of your sins repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins your sins can be washed away amen for the mission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost Jesus wants to give you the precious, wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a Holy Ghost church. 
The reason you feel the love of God here is because the Holy Ghost is here. The reason you feel friendship and, 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 and warmth here is because the baptism of the Holy Ghost is here. The reason that we are a family is because by one spirit we are baptized into one body. It's not just a bunch of great people that have been raised in great families. It's so much more than that. We are a spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled church. And God is our friend and we feel his love because of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Greater love hath no man than this. And the Bible said the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You, God wants you to have the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you're missing out on the very intense love of God. You're missing out on the friendship. You're missing out on the healing power, on the encouragement that God wants you to have. Y como decimos en español, as we say in Spanish, vale la pena. It's worth the effort to pray and to weep, whatever you got to do, until you begin to speak in other tongues. Orar y ponernos, hallelujah, en oración hasta que tocamos el borde de su manto, until we touch the border of his garment. You say, Brother Wilson, I prayed, I haven't got the Holy Ghost yet. It, just keep on praying and seeking God. The more, you, the more you worship, the more you seek after God, the more you're going to feel God. And when the Spirit of God comes on you, just like in the book of Acts, your tongue will begin to stammer. And the Lord, you'll begin, if you let the Lord, you'll begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit give them utterance. Gives I'm so glad for the church. I'm going to call that my first best friend. So glad for the church. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying our best friend is Jesus. But Jesus is in the church. The church should be one of your best friends. Now, the devil wants to take that out of your heart. Let me regress just a moment because I felt when I was saying this that there are some people in here that need to pray through. Algunos que deben renovarse en el Espíritu Santo. You've been, it's been a long time since you spoke in tongues. Ha pasado mucho tiempo que usted hablaba en lengua. And you need to pray through. You need to get a renewing of the Spirit. Usted debe recibir una renovación en el Espíritu Santo. Because it is the, the lack of the Spirit of God that is making you uptight. That's causing you to not be happy. Por falta del Espíritu Santo. Usted no se siente bien, no se siente calma, no se siente tranquilo en su vida. But what you need is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lo que le falta es una renovación. That's what you need. You need to get, you need to get. Look, when you are around your friend, you start being más calmado. You start being more calm. You're all uptight. You're fighting your flesh. You're fighting the world. Por eso. That's why you're all uptight. You need to pray through. You need to get the Holy Ghost. Stop being... Fighting everything. Fight, 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 fight. Uptight, uptight. You need to get the Holy Ghost again. Let me go. Before I go on, let me, I, I got to make something clear. I know your pastor preaches this, but we got to get this. That Christianity was never supposed to be just a head religion. It was never supposed to be just a, you know, a social gathering. Jesus said, don't even leave Jerusalem until you're being due with power from on high. They had been with him for three and a half years. They had seen all his miracles. They had heard all of his teachings. They still weren't ready. Why? Because when you get the Holy Ghost, that gives you the power to become and live like a Christian. 
Jesus does not never expected you to do it on your own. Paul said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. The Holy Ghost can give you the power to live above sin. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. You're full of the Holy Ghost. You won't you want to look at the stuff you used to look at. I used to say bad words. Maldicir. Uh, I'm not going to tirar la culpa. I'm not going to blame my dad, but my dad did all the time. He didn't matter. And uh, I tried to stop. But I even made a vow, made a cross in Woodshop, Tucson, Arizona. Put inside of the cross all these little promises. So I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to wear this cross. And my friend said, Wilson, what's up with the cross? I said, I'm going to change my ways. I was 13 years old. I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to stop cussing. You're not going to stop. Yes, I am. And then time went on. Oh, boy. I couldn't do it. Well, anyway, I put the cross back in the back of my bureau and put it way back there. I was embarrassed. I can't do it. But when I got the Holy Ghost. Now, he can do the same for you. Hallelujah. When I got the Holy Ghost, it stopped. Boom. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that spirit of God inside of me, it was able, it, it was able to get control of those bad, bad, bad vicios que tenia, vices that I had. Well, this is just the way I am. Oh, that's why you need the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Por eso necesita una renovación en el Espíritu Santo. I'm just griping. No, you need the Holy Ghost. I'm Irish. I'm this. I'm that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your background. Everyone needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, you used to be a mean guy. Or I'm, I'm picking on the guys today. Don't, don't, please don't take it out on me afterwards. Anyway, you can only die once, so do what you want to do. Praise God. But, uh, uh, hey, men, we don't need to bring that, that, that mean attitude into the church. Well, really, I mean, it's not church. It's, it's everybody else around you. You're making them suffer because what you need is to get the love of God. I know I'm saying it again. You need to get the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. You can... I mean, I know preachers that they tell their story like, brother, what was the, the older brother? Brother Ballestero. Man, he was in a gang. Yeah, everybody's in a gang today. But, I mean, he was in a gang way back in L.A. I mean, he got put up in San Quentin, the big house. And, uh, I mean, this is like in the 40s. And uh, if you ever heard Brother Ballestero preach, you, you wouldn't believe it. He was so gentle, so nice. He could bring it down, you know, put it on the line. But you know what changed his heart? He repented, and he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then, uh, you know, he didn't belong in San Quentin anymore. And, and thank God, thank God. Well, the church is your best friend. I got in church through my grandmother. My grandmother got in church and uh, from the Roman church. I was raised Roman Catholic, went to Roman Catholic schools, and, uh, but I was not a Christian. And uh, my grandmother was so, such a woman of prayer. And I'd be, you know, mostly raised with my, my, my mom and my dad. And I'm going to tell you, we did not have in our homes, their mom separate than dad, we did not have in either home, there was not the love of God. There was not, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff went on. 
And, uh, but when I was around my grandmother and her church, I mean, it was like, wow, I cannot believe these people. Now, look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not interested in criticizing and hating the church. It doesn't interest me at all to tear down the church. Oh, there's a lot of things I could say right now. I know there is abuse that can go on in some churches, but those are not the good churches that we fellowship. Amen. And there's a lot of, well, 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 anyway, let me go. Let me just move on here. But, but, but I remember feeling the love of God, the kindness of God in the church, going to Sunday school and feeling the love of God. Just a kid going to Sunday school at my grandmother's church. Going to church and feeling the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God and thinking, wow, I just wish we could have this in our home. I was the grandkid. Some of our grandkids, we know this, that had time to go back to my mom's house. My dad didn't want to go back. I wanted to stay and be with my grandma and my, 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 my church friends. Mom wouldn't let me go to church, and so I wasn't able to go. Uh, I wasn't able to go unless I visited my grandmother once every few years or stayed, time, stayed there for any amount of time once every couple years. But eventually I got a chance, and, uh, and I, was, I, was, I was in the world, and, and I, we don't have time to share, but, but it's a cold world. It's a world where your friends lead you astray, and everybody's really out for themselves. I know there's some good friends out there, but, but I, I needed something different. And when I came and visited the Pentecostal church, long hair, my pastor said I had glazed eyes, smoking pot, but I didn't smoke that much, just a little bit. Anyway, I was not a pothead yet. Anyway, but I came to church, and oh my, it was like, well, my world outside, there was no friend. There was nothing like the church for me. And I, I walked in, of course, I was a sinner. They're all raising their hands, they're worshiping, speaking in tongues. You know, the first thought is they're all crazy, but I knew that wasn't true. I mean, it's different. You know, you come and you walk around, people are running around, people are speaking in tongues and all that. It's so different than the Roman Catholic Church. And, uh, but I knew that they were different. I, I knew that I needed something different. And I got the Holy Ghost, and I got baptized, and I cut that hair. And uh, I make a joke, my ears were so white, they hadn't seen the sun for years. They're just glowing. And a uh, young Pentecostal young man. Oh, I love the church. Youth camps and, and going to all these meetings in my pastor. So look, my grandmother's church, the church became a friend. Going to sleep at night, not worrying about dying and going to hell. Going to parties and not worrying about who's going to try to get you to try something new. Going and being with the young people and wondering what's, what's going to happen next. Wondering. But, oh, I found a friend in the church. Let me tell you, the church can be a friend. Who are your best friends? And I went to a, a funeral where uh, they, they sang this guy. He was lost. He drank. He was, he was just, I mean, he was really, really lost. And they played at his funeral, I have friends in low places. He thinks he's going to meet his friends in low places when he goes. But it's not going to be fun. It's going to be bad. I don't want to go to hell. But the church is on its way to heaven. The Bible said that we are in heavenly places in Christ. Going to conferences and, and feeling the Holy Ghost. Like being around angels. Praying through and feeling like you're a walking light bulb. Feeling like you're walking on the clouds. 
being with the people of God and just feeling wonderful. This is my family. This is my friend. These are my friends. Jesus said, I call you friends. Now, I know, I know that we can be mean to each other, and it needs to be preached, and we do preach it. But we need to grow and we need to be kind one to remember something that you coming into church, your, your purposes are, number one, to love God, but second, to love others. And it ought to start with the church, the people of God, your best friends. I hope you love the church. We need to love the church. I, I got to move on here. But uh, our friends can help us. Our friends can encourage us. Young people begin to encourage me. Uh, the, the pastor and so on. The second friend that I uh, want to bring to you is, is the, the minister, the pastor. And I thank God for a pastor in my life. Still have my same pastor. I'm very fortunate he hasn't passed away. He's 80, woo, 82, 83 years old. 82, 83 years old. And, uh, and he's still able to think straight and everything. But I thank God for a pastor. There were times when my pastor said, don't do that. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible said that, uh, that a friend, where does it say? But now I'm forgetting the scripture. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. There were times my pastor said, you know what? You don't need to do that. But he was kind to me. And even times when the preaching seemed hard, I had to remember, you know what? That's the man that when I didn't have a suit, my dad disowned me. My dad was atheist, and he disowned me. He said, we'll find out if you can make it on your own. And God helped me, but I didn't have a suit. And my pastor one time said, Brother Lee, come with me. And I go with him. I'm 16 years old. And he takes me to this place at the mall, this big suit store. And he says, go in there and look at suits. And I'm like, I can't afford this suit. I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm wasting time. And he said, okay, go in here and look at this suit. And he finds this suit. He said, this is a good one, Brother Lee. He said, get your measurements. So I go, and I'm thinking, oh, my, i got to tell him I have no money, no, not enough to buy this suit. And, uh, and uh, he said, okay, get that suit. I'm thinking, oh, buh, 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 buh. And uh, he said, now look at some shoes. And finally I said, Brother Elder, uh, Brother Morton, I, 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 can't, I, I can't do this. Uh, I had no idea. He said, Brother Lee, you get that suit. You get those shoes. And he just said, I'm going to pay for it. You know how he is, just gruff. And, uh, but that's my, my pastor. He would come by, and I was this lonely church kid. You know, uh, by the time I'm 17, I'm living at the church. And he'd say, Brother Lee, you want to go get something to eat? And inside, you know, outside I'm saying, oh, yeah, that would be nice. Inside I'm saying, yes, a restaurant. You know, besides McDonald's. And, uh, and uh, my pastor, my pastor. Oh, I love my pastor. And I, I, we ought to love our pastor. We ought to love the man of God. You know, they, there's, there's messages that have been preached called a man's best friend. Uh, remember T.G. McNeil used to preach man's greatest friend, something like that. And the man of God in your life. Now, we're human. I'm not even going to go into that. But your pastor, he prays so much. He studies his Bible. Most of all, he loves the church. You have no idea what it's like to be a minister. Brother Morton, uh, I can't tell you everything, but at one point he said, Brother Wilson, he said, if you're not called to preach, you don't want to get into this. Because there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of problems. Praying for folks. Watching people die. People that are in problems mentally and emotionally. And God can heal all of that. And then, you know, you give and you give, and sometimes the folks that you help the most can turn on you, and it hurts. It hurts. But you know what? A gift, a pastor will still love, and a pastor won't run off. A pastor is not a hireling. Now, I, I, I know I'm going to go over today, and I don't want to, the time that I like to, to, to preach, 
I try to preach less than two hours. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, I try to preach like 45 minutes. Are they timing me up there? No, good, good, good. I saw you look up there. <laughs> no, but anyway, that's fine, that's fine. But anyway, uh, but, but God, there, there are people in this day. The Bible said there are false prophets among the people. And I thought about, I, I really felt this. And uh, I'm not even going to ask Pastor if I can say this. I'm just going to say it anyway. We're friends. And, uh, and he knows that, you know, I'll, but there are, there, are, there are men that the devil uses just to take your money. And there are men that, and I'm not talking about any man, probably anyone in particular, but a pastor is a family friend. He's more than just a preacher. Let me tell you something. The guy that preaches on the computer, we used to say radio, on the computer, on the iPad, whatever, that's not your pastor. Now, right here, I can step on somebody's toes. I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes because some people say, oh, he's my favorite preacher. Your favorite preacher, you don't even know the person? And people even move off from their towns because they get this hero worship. Look, being in a church is not about hero worship. You don't want to be in a cult? Then why are you taken up by people that you don't even know? This is not a cult. I don't even, I'm not even going to go there. But I'm going to tell you something. That, that media can cause people to not love their church and not love their pastor. Oh, no. Wilson here is not a big fan of those that try to take people away from their home church. The Bible said he gives us pastors according to his heart. And, and I don't believe there are times we have to move. It's the will of God. And everybody feels right. You know, those that are spiritual. And, uh, but, but you know what? I love pastors. I love pastors. I remember as a, as a young man working for my pastor, he hired me. 17 years old. Might as well. I was always at church anyway. So uh, he hired me. I started working there, working there. And there were times that there was big problems. I'm talking big problems. Marriage is going to fall apart. People about to die. People doing kind of, people committing all kinds of deals. And I remember one time my pastor was in there. He'd be in the church for three days. He was in there for hours. I'd hear him praying and weeping. And I thought to myself, it, it was hard for me, brother, for a long time. As he, I knew I was going to be a preacher, but I did not want to be a pastor. I said to myself, I'm never going to be a pastor because I saw the tears of my pastor. And I saw people that hurt him so bad. And I love my pastor so much. And I said, I'm never going to be a pastor because I don't want people to hurt me like that. But then I did pastor for a while. And they did hurt me. But there was a lot of great people, too. God saved. I've seen so many people, hundreds of people receive the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you something. I want to love my pastor. Your pastor is your best friend. One time I was about to die in Mexico. Nothing like being, and I love Mexico. I've been a missionary in Mexico. But it's nothing like being in a foreign country and feeling like you're going to die. You know, where am I going to go? Who, who, I don't have my doctor. What, what hospital am I going to go to? I couldn't see. I, I, ate some, uh, I ate some food that was poisoned. And Oh, you know, thrown up and everything, and we were there in our house. Me and my wife, we were in our no uh, early 30s, and uh, Guadalajara, Mexico, late at night. And I started not being able to see; couldn't see. And uh, my wife was frantic. All I needed need, need to do was, you got to call Brother Morton. You got to call Brother Garrett. You, someone, you know, this is it for me. If, if if God doesn't do something, you know what they prayed? 
God touched me. God began to heal me. And I came out okay. I can tell you so many. I can't even tell you how many times I've called my pastor. I've called a man of God in my life. I can't tell you how many times that I came to church and I was discouraged or I was upset or I was confused and my pastor preached to me. He didn't preach a sermon from headquarters. Nothing wrong with having a headquarters. But he didn't just go read some book by some preacher. He didn't copy somebody's message. He prayed and he sought after God. And while he was preaching, God gave me the answer. And I prayed. And I got a hold. And God encouraged me. And God strengthened me. God put my marriage and kept my marriage together because of a pastor. My pastor has helped me with my children. My pastor has helped me with my grandchildren. He's helped them. He's helped them. I want to love my pastor. Your best friends, if you don't have a pastor, do you see what you're losing? If you don't have a pastor, what are you going to do? Just believe the college professors. I'm going to tell you something. The college professors are not, are not the authority on how to think and how to act. What a, what a, what a myth that we put so much confidence in people. And, you know, some of them are great people. But just because you know a few things doesn't mean you know everything. Let me tell you something. I have an education, okay? I'm not going to say, I hardly ever say anything about it. But I've been to a few classes in my day. I'm about as far as you can go. But let me tell you something. It doesn't make me any smarter. I am no smarter. As far as raw, I'm no smarter than the mechanic who never finished high school. And I'm telling, I'm, I'm telling you straight. Because, because you take a few classes, you get your bachelor's degree, then you start specializing, you get a master's degree. You're only going to take max five to six, seven classes more on your subject. And most of them will not be really, really super specific. Then you go on to your doctorate and you study. You may take five more classes. You're going to do a lot of research. You're going to be a quote-unquote expert in your field, supposedly. But you're really not that much smarter. I'm just telling you. And you're not smarter than Jesus Christ. You're not smarter than the Apostle Paul. And you're not smarter. You're not spiritually smarter or more wise than a man of God who was a countryman or country boy and prayed through and submitted his life to God and studied and prayed all his life. He could quote scriptures just like this. Has seen all, all kinds of stuff. Has been there day and night for the people of God. The pastor. I love, I love the ministry. I love a pastor. Who are your best friends? Who's going to take the place? of that person in your life. Let's all lift our hands and love the Lord together today. Let's love the Lord. We love you, Jesus. God, we want to love the ministry, love the pastor in our lives. I got to move on here. Who are your friend, your best friends? Your best friends. I don't have time to go with that, but you can cross up with your pastor, but you can make it right too. Your pastor wants to be right with you. He wants you to be saved. He's not going to hold a grudge. That's not his interest. He wants you to go to heaven. He wants you to be saved. Your pride, your pride will create a, a barrier. Your carnality, our carnality. Come on, get over that. You need a pastor. All of us need a pastor. And he loves you. And, and try to be reasonable. You know, when you go and you talk to the pastor, don't get up there. Don't go in there with all this, you know, you don't even pray. You got all this stuff and you're mad and all this kind of stuff. That's not going to, you know, you need to pray. You can take the pastor's time. Why don't you pray a little bit and submit yourself to God and pray, pray, pray. Get a good attitude. Alomenos. And uh, anyway, so our third best friend is the word of God.
precious Word of God. Now, the Word of God should be your friend. I remember as a new convert getting my first Bible. Someone borrowed it and never gave it back. That's terrible. Anyway, it was my, it was my Bible for like almost a year. And reading the Bible. I'd never read it before, Sister Colleen. Never read it. Raised good Catholic. Never read my Bible. Couldn't quote one scripture. Not one scripture. Zero. The only two songs I knew is Jesus loves little children and yes, Jesus loves me. That's it. My grandmother taught me that. That's it. And here I am, supposed to be so smart. I'm going to a college prep. I'm going to MIT or whatever. Yeah, I'm so smart. Can't even quote one scripture. And all the stuff I learned did not help me when I was about to get, when I was about, felt like I was getting demon possessed. But the church helped me. This Bible caused me to get to know God. And I started reading this Bible. And I started reading the Psalms. And the Psalms would comfort me. There were times, uh, Brother CJ, Sister Sarah, I would be reading this Bible and I'd just begin to cry. And I was thinking, if my dad could only just see what's inside of this Bible, if my mom could understand. And I would take this Bible and I would put it on my chest and I'd go to sleep with this Bible on my chest. Loving this Bible. First year I got in church, I used to play basketball. And uh, pastor used to play basketball, all of us friends. Bill used to play basketball. We all liked basketball. And uh, anyway, I thought I was a basketball player. But God began to deal with me, and I quit the team. Two weeks later, it might have been the next week, they came to me. They said, would you like to be in Bible quizzing? Uh, what's Bible quizzing? Well, you memorize scripture, and you compete against other kids. And, well, maybe. And uh, so, you know, I'd already been in church about three months, two, three, three months. And uh, I loved the Bible. I asked my mom if I could be in Bible quizzing. And she said, my mom was in the church. And, and she said, well, you got to find your own way. So, like always, I had to, you know, walk and bear, bear back and forward. And I started Bible quizzing. I started memorizing the book of Proverbs. I'll try to be brief here. But I started. And so, and, and so you knew me during that time. And I started memorizing. So God took away what was really my obsession and gave me another obsession. And I, I'm not a preach against playing basketball or baseball or football and all that, but I had to get out of the organized stuff. It, it, it was going the wrong direction. And uh, anyway, so I started, and this Bible began to open up to me, this Bible. Oh, I love the, the Bible said, thou shalt meditate there in day and night. The Bible said to teach these scriptures diligently. This is in Deuteronomy 6. You ever read this? Well, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou wakest up. And when thou layest down, and thou shalt bind them as fronts between thine eyes. Let me tell you something. This Bible can be a, one of your best friends. My mom would uh, say, you need to be in here and sit with us. Uh, because right here in the front room is where we, we spend our time together. You know, I got in church, and so I'm different now. And uh, I said, but mom, I don't want to watch that stuff. But you guys sit here. So they would turn the TV on. And I had got to the place, I'd been through the whole deal, you know, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to watch that. And after a while I decided, nothing, I'm not going to do it because I don't feel the Holy Ghost when I go to church and I've watched all this stuff. And I always end up watching more than I should have. And so I said, not going to do it. So if you're new in the church, you don't understand this, don't worry about it. Let the Holy Ghost help you. But that's how it helps us. And so uh, I was set kind of to the side of the TV, big old TV. So I'm here and I'm here and my sisters are all there. My mom is there and I'm sitting there. And now I have the Bible. <laughs> and so they're watching all this, and I'm thinking, hmm, inside of my head, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, to know wisdom and understanding, to perceive the words, and I'm looking at my sisters, to perceive, to perceive wisdom and justice and judgment, to give substance to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will, will, uh, 
See, I'm forgetting. Increase in learning, but a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. And, I'm and then sometimes my, my lips would move. And my little sister said, Mom, 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 look, he's doing it again. What? He's quoting scriptures again. And my mom would say, Lee, why don't you, can't you do anything else? Talk to us. I'm saying, well, Mom, you guys are watching. I can't talk to you every time I try to talk to you. You're, you're, you're back. She said, finally, she said, just go to the room. And I said, yes. <laughs> my Bible. I learned that I could wait. I could wait. You know, stop sign, you know, back in the days before we had, you know, phones. Immediately when we have to wait, no. <laughs> now, you know, back then we, you know, we just waited. We thought about things. But anyway, I started thinking about my Bible. And then the preacher would preach. And he would be preaching, and he'd start quoting scripture, and I say, "Yes, I know that one." <laughs> and I quote with him, and oh, I'd be reading my Bible, and it would open up to me, and I'm thinking, "Wow, this Bible—it's a light. The Word of God is a light. The Word of God will comfort you. The Word of God will strengthen your faith." I went out witnessing. I'm, I'm witnessing. Would you like to come to the Pen First Pentecost or uh, True Tabernacle Church? And and uh, oh, what do you believe? You know, and this guy is a Baptist. I remember this first. This was in Tucson, actually, I think. And, and, so, and he said, well, what do you believe? I said, well, I believe what the Bible says. I believe that when you get the Holy Ghost, you speak in tongues. I believe we, you be, need to be baptized in Jesus' name. He said, oh, you're one of those oneness people, huh? I said, uh, I don't know. I just believe the Bible. He said, oh, well, that's not in the Bible. You're supposed to baptize in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I said, I don't think so. I read my Bible. I'm pretty sure. Well, it's in there, Matthew 28, 19. He said, but, oh, you know, so anyway, I went back, I started studying my Bible, the whole book of Acts. And I said, I'm studying, I'm studying, I studied. And I would take every single track, and I would study every single book. But you know what I found out? The Bible is what is true. You can tell me what you want to tell me, what they taught you here and there. I don't care what council that they believe in. I'm not interested in supporting some big old great hierarchy. I just want to believe what the Bible says. All right, we got to finish here. Your Bible can be your friend. I hate to get away from this. Young people, don't let the phone take away your, one of your best friends from you. Your Bible. There's nothing uncool about, have, about loving the Bible. My little granddaughter, uh, Cassia, is oldest. Well, she was reading to me. She's seven. She's going to turn eight. She was reading to me the Bible. She went with us. It was so precious. She's reading the Bible. And then she's quoting scripture to me. She quoted all of Psalms 1, I believe. Is it Psalms or, uh, Anyway, she's just quoting, quoting, quoting. And I'm thinking, wow. Oh, man, this is precious. These children, young people, uh, you, can, you can memorize scriptures. And, and uh, the Bible said that your way will prosper if you'll meditate in the word of God. Well, well, praise the Lord. Anyway, let's lift our hands and love the Lord together. I want to invite a musician. Or Sister Wilson, will you come? Or whoever, however you want to do it. I got to. This is Friends and Family Day. All right. The gift of the Holy Ghost. We've kind of talked about this. The Holy Ghost. I really wanted to emphasize this. Uh, the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ in you. Uh, the book of John said, the kingdom of God is among you, but it shall be in you. So when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's actually God's power in you to do the will of God. The Bible, yeah, this is good because this is where I want to go. The Bible talks about the Holy Ghost as the comforter. And if you read, the, I, I believe the Greek word is paraclete, but one of the definitions of being a, para, of a paraclete, Brother Keith, could you stand for a second, is, is the one that stands at your side. Right. He's your supporter. He stands by your side. The paraclete, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. 
Okay, so we're going to go here. I got to go to work today. And they're going to be cussing. They're going to be mean. They're going to get, and I, the boss right, makes right. me mad. And, and oh, man, but here we go. And, and, uh, but the comforter is with me. That's right. That's right. The Holy That's Ghost. Right. The Holy Ghost. That's right. That's right. All the problems you go through, through death and loss and problems and troubles, the comforter is with you. When you're sick and you feel like you can't even think straight, the comforter will be there with you. When you go to face death, you're never, never, never going to be alone. Your best friend could be the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost is not a separate person in the Godhead. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Christ. There's only one Spirit. The Bible said there's only one Spirit. The Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ in you. The same Spirit that was in Jesus Christ during his 33 years of life was passed on to you. The Spirit of the only man that was perfect every second. Tempted in all points like as we are. But he overcame the devil every minute. The only man that's ever been buried and rose from the dead because of his own righteousness. It's in you. No one could take his life away. He gave his life. And he created extra life. He created, he created life that would be available to anyone that would ask for it. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The constant consciousness of God. The connection with God. The inability to be tempted or to be overcome by the devil, that's what the Holy Ghost is. Because it's the same spirit that was in Christ that's in you. The Bible said, if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, of Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies or change, transform your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, as Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9, he is none of his. But the spirit of God inside of you is absolutely uh, what's the word? Indefeatable. That's probably not a, right, not a word. The Holy Ghost inside of you cannot be overcome by the devil. And it is more than just only the celestial power of God. Now, this is maybe complicated for some of you. I'm not trying to be. But it's more than just the, the divine side of Christ. The Holy Ghost inside of you includes the human side. However you divide that, whatever, however you want to say it, it's part of the human experience of Christ. You get that when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The obedience, the oneness with God, the consciousness of God, and the power to live above sin. The Bible said once a man can die, not everyone's going to get this here, but once a man is dead, he can no longer be tempted. It's in Romans chapter 6. Read it. So when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, poured out the baptism of the Holy Ghost, can't be tempted anymore. First man can't be tempted, cannot be defeated. The devil has no power over him. It's already done. The victory is done. He rose from the dead, and he is the firstborn of them that slept. Can't take it away. You can't take the resurrection away. It's already done. You cannot take the defeat of death uh, away from Jesus Christ. It's already done. And Jesus is in heaven as far as the flesh, the body, the glorified man, Christ Jesus. He is in heaven as the head of the church, as the captain of our salvation the firstborn from the dead. And you and I, when we have his spirit, it's just a matter of time. But when the trumpet sounds, you and I will be changed. Nothing can stop it from happening. We're already a part of the body of Christ. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. When you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, your best friend is inside of you. Your best friend can overcome any devil, any demon. You are washed by the blood of Jesus. You are purchased, and you are an heir of salvation. It is the first fruits of them that believe. Let's all stand together today. And uh, I just want to mention, it was in my notes here, but I don't want to take time. Your conscience can be your friend. 
Now, people can hurt your conscience. The Bible talks about searing our conscience. You know, they sear something. They cauterize their conscience. Your conscience can be your friend. Hallelujah. Your conscience can talk to you. The book of Romans chapter 2 talks about it. Romans chapter 1 talks about those that knew God, but they denied God. And that's this generation. They're, they're fighting the scriptures. They're fighting the word of God. Remember that when Jesus Christ appeared before, before uh, Herod the king, Herod says, speak to me, talk to me. I have power to me. Jesus would never speak to him. Do you know why? Because Herod had already killed the voice of God in his life. Herod killed John the Baptist. Jesus would not talk to him. God is merciful. I know he's very merciful, and I want him to be merciful to the backslider, to everyone. But I'm going to tell you, you can hurt one, what could be one of your best friends, your conscience. You keep going over your conscience saying, don't hit that person. Don't touch that lady. Don't you go smoke more of that stuff. You don't need to be watching that movie because some movies can affect you mentally and emotionally. I'm, not, I'm talking about stuff. You can fill your mind with you're never going to forget. There are movies that can actually bring demon influences on your life. There's music and there's games that can invite spirits, devils into your life. Hey, some of you need to get some stuff out of your homes. Some of you, you, wanna, you want your friend to hang around with you. You can't force him to live in a house that's got demons and devils. If you love your friend, you got to make him feel comfortable. You got to give in to the Lord a little bit and not just to your flesh. Your conscience is trying to help you. The Holy Ghost will amplify your conscience. And so these are can be your best friends. Who's your best friend today? Let's start off again by all oh, the Lord Jesus should be our best friend. He inhabits the church. He is the word. He is the Holy Ghost. He speaks through your conscience. He speaks through the man of God. And all this is really about loving the Lord. So I want to ask you before we go on, we're going to have a great time fellowshipping. If you're here today and you need to talk to the Lord, Again, we need to give our heart to God and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And let me say something to everyone here today. If you're not on the Lord's side, you're on the devil's side. You need to get up and, and, and change sides. God isn't requiring you to fight the battle. God isn't requiring you to fight the devil and all his demons. He's just asking you to choose sides. And if you will choose the Lord's side, if you will say, I want to be his friend, I want to be a child of God, I want to love God, I don't want to love the devil. Look what the devil is doing to everybody in the world today. It's time for you to stand up and say, I'm not going to be on the devil's side. Don't make an excuse for yourself. You need to be baptized. You need to pray until you get the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying you got to pray this morning until you get the Holy Ghost. That would be good. But you need to make up your mind, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we close together today, as we close, I want to ask anyone that would like to come, don't be embarrassed. No thing I've been going to Hallelujah. I want to ask you to come and spend some time talking to the Lord. ¿Por qué no podemos venir nosotros y pasemos un tiempecito antes de la presencia del Señor? Hallelujah. Come on. Don't make any more excuses. It's time to be God's friend. Es tiempo de ser el amigo de Dios. Let's pray together. Let's come. Don't be embarrassed. Let's come. Let's talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. We're all in the same family. Let's come and talk to God. Let's make things right with God. Lord, I ask you to help me. Jesus, help me, Lord, to act right. Forgive me of my sins. Wash away my sins. Come on, who's going to be? Come on, someone have some courage. Let's come. Saints of God, you're right with God. Let's come. Come on, let's come. Let's come and talk to the Lord. Some of you saints, let's come. Let's talk to the Lord together today. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on, young people, let's come. 
Holiness, let's come, let's come, let's talk to the Lord. Jesus, we need you, we need you, we need you. Come on, this is friends and family. We're all friends today. We're not asking you to confess to God or confess to us. Just talk to the Lord. He wants to be your friend. Come on, the Lord wants to be your friend today. Abraham was the friend of God. Oh, Jesus, I give my life to you, God. I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. Jesus, I want to go to heaven. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come on, let's make a decision. Let's really, really give ourselves to God. Jesus.